Hola. ¿Qué pasa, mis perros? Esta es Wolf the Dog. On this week's edition of Howlin' with Wolf, we got ourselves a beautiful poem written by a listener who gave us a five-star review on iTunes. That was a super cool thing to do, listener. She writes, My dearest Samuel, you are the yin to my yang, the chicken tendies to my basement dweller, the window to my wall, the sweat that drips down my balls. You really butter my bread and stain my pits. I love you, even if you keep taking weird pictures of my paddleboard feet. <laughs> wow. That is so fucking gross. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Wolf is just jealous of all this love. It gets me wet in the eye holes. Now, for some news. Officer Vigna broke into Officer Pettimore's house to find some cocaine for personal use. This is the cocaine they stole from a storage unit after finding the key at the home of a missing person. The fire at the city hospital has now claimed the lives of more than 20 individuals. The names of the deceased are not yet being released, my babies. More importantly, however, the officers of law here in contention eat the most awful breakfast food. The officers are also dealing with a situation wherein Officer Bishop seems to be in more than one place at a time. He has no recollection of this. Then, a lot of super important plot stuff happens, involving the FBI agents, the black Nike bag, a small silver sphere, and things of that nature. It seems like our boys at the local precinct might be getting called up to the big show. For all our listeners in Springfield, Missouri. Hey, where the fuck is Springfield, Missouri? Contention's greatest band, Kudzu, will be playing in a show March 2nd at some place called the Front of House Lounge. In honor of this actual event, we are premiering a brand new song by Kudzu. It is... No Backbone. So in order to dig into these characters a bit more, we're going to take a look into the past, starting with Clark Bishop. Howdy. I have Joe with me here today, and we are joined by a longtime Delta Green player and my favorite person in existence, Taylor, my wife. That's me. And <laughs> my wife. Nailed it. I'd prefer you not do that. <laughs> Uh, so let's go ahead and get right into it. Let's flash back to a time when Clark Bishop was a much, much younger man. One might even call him a boy. Yeah, and then I'll put in that in post. It'll be like the nice like uh, dream sequence. So you are in your childhood home. 
which just so happens to be, if I'm not mistaken, to be the home that Clark Bishop still lives in. Do you want to give a quick description of what it looks like back then? Yeah, it's uh, real clean. It's one of those houses that keeps the uh, the plastic on the couch. Lots of angel wings and crosses on the walls. Uh, maybe a framed picture of Jesus. Jesus. Lots of, uh, is it tatting? The uh, little doilies and things on armchairs. Yeah, your like chairs that. have tats. Yeah, <laughs> tatted. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, awesome. Yeah. So as you're, uh, you know, you're going about your your normal kid time. I don't know what you're doing, but your your parents are in the kitchen making dinner. Pat Sajak is uh, loud and clear over the television. And uh, as you're, I don't know, playing in the playing in the living room, you uh, you hear your your mom yell from from the kitchen, uh, Kermit the Frog in my throat. And your dad is like, Oh, you. God, I was, it was right there. I had the frog in my throat. I couldn't come up with the Kermit. Ah. And, you know, they're jawing back and forth. And, uh, you know, you're looking over on the walls. You know, you got all the pictures of the, you know, it's the Jesus, the crosses. You, you, know, you got some angels. I don't know, maybe like a family picture of you guys on vacation somewhere. And your mom walks over as your dad keeps uh, working on dinner. And she leans down to you. Clark. And she kind of like looks at the TV as Wheel of Fortune goes into its final clue in the bonus round. And she says, uh, Clark, life is, life is like the bonus round. We were already given the best letters. And she gives you a big old hug and a kiss on the forehead and says, are you, uh, you off to the library? Yeah, of course. You're going to go say hi to... Mr. Fingerson. <laughs> Mr. Fingerson? Yeah, of course. Yeah, go say hi to Mr. Fingerson. Tell him, tell him that we send our regards. And oh, also, and she um, she goes and uh, grabs a little uh, basket of muffins. Lemon poppy seed muffins. Yeah, they're good. I bet he would enjoy these. Mr. Fingerson? He loves muffins. <laughs> <laughs> so off we see little Clark Bishop... Riding a bike, maybe, or yeah, I don't know, contention's a small town. You could easily ride your bike. Yeah, yeah, totally a bike to the uh, contention public library. When you go in there, you would see um, it's dead. It's dead. It's a really nice place. It kind of smells uh, a little musty in here. Uh, the library is not frequented often by the general population of contention. However. Uh, you do see that at the information desk, Mr. Fingerson is having a conversation with a man that I think you would recognize. Uh, his name is Gary Daly, and he runs the pho shop in town. He is having a very loud conversation with Mr. Fingerson. Uh, yeah, no, I really like this one for sure. The true and horrifying confessions of the St. Osythe witches? Yes, of course. If you have anything of this uh, elaborate in, uh, nature, something so esoteric, like, this is the kind of stuff that is right up my alley. Oh, yes, Mr. Daly, we have quite a bit in the occult. I can surely gather some materials for you. Oh. Tell me, what are you going to be reading these for? Oh, I am just perusing them because I enjoy the story. See, nothing... I don't know. It's just life is a, a little bit too bland. 
and I like spicing it up. I completely agree. Often I feel in contention. I don't feel fulfilled. Perhaps if I had made better decisions in my younger life, I would be a greater man. Gary Daly walks away with his uh, book and kind of denotes like where he's going to be sitting. Like, huh? I'm going to be right over here. Oh, Clark, thank goodness you're here. Hey, Mr. Fingerson. Oh, please call me Gerald. All right, Gerald. No, 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 good sir. It is Gerald. Oh, of course. Extend that short O. I always mess that up, Mr. Uh, Gerald. That's very close. We'll keep working on it. (laughs) It's only been, what, seven months that we've been practicing? I'll get there one day, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure you will. And what brings you here today? Well, first of all, here, my mom made these for you. Oh, my goodness, muffins. If only I weren't gluten intolerant. She always forgets, doesn't she? Yes, she sure does. I I keep telling her you like muffins. That's probably why. I'll put these with the other batches. (laughs) (laughs) So we see Clark and... Gerald walking through the stacks, picking out books and talking about life. And then the phone in the contention public library begins to ring. Bring, 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 bring. Thank you. I was going to do that in post, but I I think we don't (laughs) need it. No, we're going to keep that. (laughs) No, that's that's, going to be the phone sound for the rest of the podcast. (laughs) All of the podcasts got that sweet, sweet sample. (laughs) (laughs) It will be used from here on out. Yes. Uh, Hello, this is Gerald. Clark, Clark, get Clark. Hurry. Who may I ask is speaking? Tell him. Tell him he was already given the best letters. You have to tell him. Oh, we're talking about... Excuse me? Are you still there? He put his heart monitor on the line? How very strange. Clock, I believe you got a phone call. He told you you have the best letters. I've often liked the spelling of your name as well. What, what do you think that means? He sounded panicked, and then he he screamed a little. So you guys look outside the windows to the outside world. The, the sun was still out, you know, late summer, and the sky turns, and it is dark before you know it. Like, it is not time for sunset. However, the sun is no longer shining oh that precarious contention weather and you immediately see these figures start moving outside the windows and you can't make them out but something is moving around outside the library and you kind of look over and gary daly is just you know in his book oh my yeah you kind of look over and you see the front doors And you see this dark figure in the darkness behind him, shrouded. He's clearly wearing a a cloak. And he is locking the doors of the library with a massive chain. And he's locking you in to the library. As soon as he finishes, he turns and runs. And out of one of the windows, you see a bright flash of light. What do you guys do? My God, what is happening? Mr. 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 Fingerson, did you see that? Well, I sure did. Let's go take a look. Seems something's finally interesting is happening in contention. Interesting is, I guess, 
One way to put it. Yes, don't you worry, Clark. I'm your mentor. I will take care of this. Okay. And I uh, go and stand very behind <laughs> Mr. Fingerson. <laughs> All right, Mr. Fingerson. All right. So I go over and take a peek out of one of the windows. Okay. When you go over and take a peek out of the windows, I'm picturing... Oh, also, real quick, what does Mr. Fingerson look like? He looks like... Let me try to think of a celebrity comparison. I have oh, we don't uh, we, we don't do that. We don't do that here. We don't oh, do that here. <laughs> That's what all the other actual play podcasts do. So we like to give a quick physical description using <laughs> two to three descriptive words. Okay, two to three. That's all I get. Yeah. Okay. Um, sweater vest. <laughs> That's, All right, you're used to. <laughs> no, it's a hyphenated word. <laughs> if not just one complete word. And if I only get one other word, mm-hmm. uh, l- mm, bifocals. <laughs> okay. I was going to say like low on the bridge of my nose. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. A sweater vest and bifocals that are low on the bridge. He's of also nose. only 19. It's a weird choice <laughs> in the voice. <laughs> As you look out the window, sweater vest, but no shirt underneath. <laughs> oh, that's Tat- a good totally look. tatted up. Yeah. <laughs> Tribal tattoos going all the way down. The glasses aren't even real; they're just like for to be trendy. Yep. yep. <laughs> are they transitions? Oh, of course they are. <laughs> so we see. Oh, what's your fucking name, Gerald? Gerald. Uh, we- <laughs> I said Gerald. 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 So we see Gerald Fingerson looking out, creeping along and looking out this window and a young Clark kind of peeking out from behind him. And this this massive, massive shadow moves right out of frame. And you actually see this man. He's a very tall man wearing a black suit and he is sprinting away and following him is this completely cloaked figure who is running after him into the darkness of the night. That's happening outside the windows? That's happening outside the window. And it would have previously been like 2 p.m. or something? It would have previously been like 5.30 p.m., maybe even 6. Do I recognize the man in the suit? No. Mr. Fingerson, do you know who that was? I sure don't, and there's only a population of... Insert whatever you think the population of contention is. I don't think we've ever talked about it. So let's not. <laughs> we, we might need a whole lot more at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably small. <laughs> okay, how about this? <clears throat> I do not. However, I only ever interact with people at the library, so it's pretty much just you and now Mr. Daly. <laughs> just geographically, would, would that guy have been, Could he? should he have been running from the library or could he have been coming from somewhere else? Geographically? Mm-hmm. Oh, they were coming from the library. It looks like they ran through the wall <laughs> and it popped out the other side. No, not oh, quite. Okay. No, okay. no, no. They're just running away from the library. Okay. But how far would you say they are? Twenty yards. Okay. And then take a shot, Mister Fingerson. Take a shot. <laughs> I pull out a big rifle. <laughs> <laughs> they aren't. They aren't even serpentining. <laughs> Dear boy, I'd like you to get behind the reference center. I do believe I'm going to try to interact with them. And then I go try to open a window. When you open up the window, light actually comes back into the world. 
and both figures that you saw running away are no longer within sight. However, based on how fast they were running and how far away they were and the flatness of the land, you should still be able to see them, but you no longer can. Okay, I'm going to go see if the lock is still on the door. It is. But but it's lighter out now? Yeah. So everything is normal, but there's a lock on the door. Clark pops his head up from behind the, the reference desk where he dutifully went and hid <laughs> and sees that it's kind of light out. Uh, I want to look at Mr. Daly. How's he acting? Mr. Daly is sitting, staring at this book, and he looks at you, and he's like, was there a big cloud? Uh, maybe, Mr. Daly. It was. It was. It seemed pretty dark for a cloud, though. That was crazy. I've read those occult books frontwards and backwards in my many years alone in the library, and I do believe that they have something to do with this, Mr. Daly. I think we must have a sit and talk. Okay, come on down. We go. I join. On, we go on down. <laughs> All right. So we see. Give me just a second. I was going to do the Georgia boop boop beep bop doo doo boop boop. There was an article that uh, my favorite murder is the most listened to podcast in Missouri. Is it really? Mm -hmm. How interesting. It's that and Serial and something else that they're all three things that my mom listened to. She was like, I'm I'm bumping those numbers up, baby. Uh, (laughs) uh, Well, I've almost finished all of my favorite murder in a short period of time. They're good. I've only listened to a handful, but I've always enjoyed them. All right. Well... Here, I'll show you what I was reading while uh, when all that went all dark and stuff. I was I was looking at this page here. It says, uh, and casting her eyes aside, she wait, wait, saw wait, Mr. Daly, a don't, don't say it again. Oh, what if it what if it was the thing that did the thing and then you did it again? Well, then I guess it would get dark if you believe in that sort of thing, Clark. But. Well, you know, you're a young boy. I suppose beliefs aren't that crazy for you. Clark starts to kind of realize that he's being a little wimp. And he's like, no, I mean, of course. Of course that's not what happened. What are you, a little pussy? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Mr. Daly, do not talk to my son. I mean, my my friend that way. And casting her eyes aside, she saw a spirit lift up a cloth lying over a pot, looking much like a ferret. And it being asked of the examinant why the spirit did look upon her, she said it was hungry. This examinant being asked how she knew the names of Mother Bennett's spirit, saith that Tiffin, her spirit, did tell this examinant that she had two spirits, and one of them was like a black dog, and the other was red like a lion, and that their names were Suckin' and Leard, and saith that Suckin' did plague Biet's wife unto death. And other plague three of his beasts, whereof two of them died. That voice is incredibly difficult to listen to. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, it's a small character. (laughs) I don't know what any of that means, but it sounded cool. The spirits of a dog and a lion that made a... I don't think... I don't know if that has anything to do with this, but that's pretty cool. Clark is still trying to put on a brave face, but he is definitely peeking out the window seeing if the sun's blinking out or anything oh yeah it's uh it's completely back to normal outside nothing out of the ordinary perhaps we should bury this deep inside ourselves and never talk about it again until we have another encounter (laughs) 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 yeah i do think that's a real good idea there gerald 
perhaps a formative experience will happen to you that will unveil this again. <laughs> Gerald, that's a really good point, Clark. I think that it's Gerald. A- if if you guys think that this is gonna, you know, affect me in some way down the line, <laughs> then I'm gonna trust you, older gentleman. <laughs> Thank you for calling me a gentleman. Same. I don't know where to go from here. Yeah, I think we're good in the library. Cool. Yeah, I think that was good. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> is that an episode rap on Taylor? Well, yes, that is a uh, ep rap on Taylor. I did it. You killed it. You I did it. Fucking you killed you it. fucking killed it. <laughs> Joe, when Clark turns the corner onto the street his house is on, his mind begins to falter. Your mind effectively breaks, shattering into different realities. And these different scenes play out in front of you, but they're constantly changing like a television flipping through the channels. First, you see your house exactly as you know it. Then it's on fire. Next, the house is normal, but there are police officers and vehicles everywhere, and yellow tape surrounds your home. One after another, relentlessly, the scene changes around you. There are a couple black sedans out front. Now everything is normal again. Now it's a wasteland. Your surroundings continue to vacillate as you approach the door of your home. A man in a suit hops out of a black sedan and hollers to get your attention as you open your front door. Inside is quiet. Looking down the hallway, you notice something's off. There are more wall decorations than normal. Your reality breaks again. Everything's back to the way it always has been. You hear the sounds of Wheel of Fortune, but the sound of the wheel spinning just goes and goes and goes, and you hear voices all around you and inside of you, and one says, Well, we couldn't find the artifact, but uh, we'll have to get the fuck out of here because Karen did her goddamn magic trick again. And your vision flickers back to your unacceptable reality. In the hallway, there are not more pictures of a happy family, or of angels' wings, or of Jesus. Instead, suspended a couple feet off the ground as if they had been halfway quicksanded into the wall, the parents of Clark Bishop, your parents, have become interior design. Their knees jutting out into the hallway, their hands grasping out for life, their faces contorted in anguish and disbelief. A voice snaps you out of it. We, the jury, find the defendant and love. You look up and see a cold, vacant woman smiling out from behind the thick, asymmetrical bangs covering one of her eyes. All you can remember about that day is how perfectly normal it all was. How your house looked completely empty. They weren't there anymore. There was very little evidence in the trial, but the words of Anne Love's confession haunt you as you try desperately to remember anything about that abhorrent day. I did it, and I'd do it again. It's X-Files. It's like D&D, but it's like X-Files. That's what I have to say to everybody. when. Uh, Man, that's what I should I start describe saying. describe this game. I never think to use the X-Files analogy. That's what I always say. Yeah. It's good. Uh, Luke got it from me. Speaking of the X-Files, 
<laughs> I always say that it's like true detective, but stupid. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Oh. Wow, it literally sounded like you had a mouthful of like vomit or something. Dick. Dude, I wish I had a mouthful of dick right now. <laughs> Dude, is anybody bringing any dicks to suck this weekend? I think. I'm going to suck Alex's dick all <laughs> weekend. Dude, honestly, I, I, think, mean, if, he's getting I think if we're ever going to get involved in a once in a lifetime like gay orgy, it's, it's this gonna weekend. It's going to be this weekend. 12 dudes. And a lot of them are strangers no to rules. me, so I won't feel that embarrassed. I'll <laughs> never see him again. And ticks a few boxes. And Alex that. is leading the party. Like He's he's so drunk that he's not. This is Alex's last. Again. Like, Alex would never do something like sleep with a stripper at his bachelor party. His last hurrah of like being single would be fucking 12 dudes. <laughs> 11. 11. <laughs> Dude, it's going to be fun, and I hope that we are all make it. I hope, yeah, I hope none of us drown in Lake of the Ozarks. Yeah, we get arrested. They <laughs> or, put, yeah, I hope they none of us cuffs, get dragged by a cop underwater. They slap cuffs like. on us and throw us in the water. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't mean to. Uh, Did that guy get fired? You have the right he, to remain splashed. No, like nothing <laughs> happened to that cop, Nothing right? happened to that cop. I didn't know this was a I real think, thing. I Somebody, think, they handcuffed a guy in a lake and he couldn't swim? No, they handcuffed it? a guy, set him on the side of the boat, and he fell backwards and drowned. Nobody got him. Holy yeah. shit. Holy shit. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. That's a big old oopsie. Also, I don't think the cops got disciplined, but the family is like suing the fuck out of the city. Yeah, I'm pretty I mean, sure. It's Keith sure. shit. Like, <laughs> straight up. Yep. Straight hard. Up. Uh, That's us. I, I want to say that he actually got charged with like involuntary manslaughter or something. Was it, was it here? Was it at Lake of the Ozarks? Yeah. Well, yeah. that's wow. just a ticket in Missouri. Yeah, that's not. That's <laughs> yeah. 50 bucks. Duly noted. I didn't mean to accidentally kill him. Okay, give me one more puff, and then I'm ready to boot this baby up and start playing my bean boy. You ready to boot Scoot and Boogie? Also, I think we're going to... Well, uh, okay, one last puff. Can oh you do it? That's your third last puff. <laughs> I know. Okay, so Agent Kennedy looks at you guys, and she says, Good luck. And Kennedy and Billy Harrison turn around and walk out of the police station. Before they do that... <laughs> I think they already did, though, in the last one. They did, they? yeah. Yeah, that was just like getting us back in. Well, shit. Buddy. I mean, I don't think I don't think we just let them leave, though. I'd be like, wait, what the fuck? What is this number? Who are you? What are you talking about? Uh, please fill us in. We're in what? Should we just call the number right now? None of this is helpful so far. <laughs> You've just added more mystery to our like horribly chaotic lives. Yeah, how about you're you're too stunned by the recent revelations <laughs> uh, that have been brought to your attention to say anything? Well, but the only revelation brought to our attention is that there was a phone number. She also confirmed that weird. Like that she's weird like, shit yeah, exists. weird shit is happening, but. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like super weird shit. Like she is letting you hold on to a Nike bag that makes things disappear. And uh, she was desperately trying to get rid of a small silver sphere. And Billy Harrison, the bald guy from Charles Donovan's trunk, is one of them. And, uh, okay, how about this? On the back of the paper with the phone number, it says, Your job is to stop the incursion, minimize exposure, save lives, and cover the whole thing up. But the ink, the ink disappears after you read it. 
And uh, on the other side, the phone number is still there. But, okay, so you guys were talking at the end, and maybe I just missed this in the game. Did you really say call this number in 48 hours? With Within. Within, yeah. Oh, within. They, they are going to call us in 48 hours if we if don't. If we don't call them first. Gotcha. I thought it was call when you've completed. That also. Our job is to stop the incursion, minimize exposure, save lives, and cover the whole thing up to save it from being exposed. Cool. I'm glad you wrote that down. Quick question. Is there, when we spend luck, is there any way to get it back? Or is this just like what our bank? There is a way to get it back. And also, I haven't awarded any of you luck. Have any of us used luck at all? None yeah. of you have used. <laughs> I thought you did once. No, no I one. Because I'm still at 60. No one has used any luck so we've, far we've rolled on it before but we haven't spent any exactly for it. Uh, and so let's go ahead and change the economy of luck at the beginning of this session i will award you all five luck mm-hmm. right for, now or yes right now you all gain five luck i'm at 65 <laughs> that's, that's four away from the cool number i know dude <laughs> And only a math problem away from 420. Yeah, I was trying to do that in my head when you made that joke. Scott Ackerman would have it like that. <laughs> yeah. Rob Crockleman. <laughs> Is that even one or did you just say syllables <laughs> that ended in Harg Barkerman. I said Op Crockleman. <laughs> it's not one. No. <laughs> nice. So I'm rewarding you this luck for making it this far i guess in in the plot and also doing the cool stuff you do now from here on out i will say appreciated remind if i don't award you luck if you do something cool and you think that you deserve luck go ahead and call me out and be like can i get some luck for that like a waiter demanding a tip exactly (laughs) yeah uh i did a really good job tonight I'm gonna. I know there's only two of you, but I'm doing automatic gratuity. Twenty percent is uh, generous and customary, but I really think this was more of a thirty-five night. I kind of knocked it out of the park with y'all. So yeah, so that's allowed. And also, okay, I think I deserve more luck. Yeah, me too. You don't. <laughs> I think I would have had a stronger case. <laughs> <laughs> so from from here on out, let's let's go ahead and do that, and hopefully the luck economy can start changing more throughout. I I'm hoping not only will I try to put you in situations where maybe luck is more necessary, that's just going to happen based on the story that we're playing, and also keep doing cool stuff, keep role playing well, and you'll uh, you'll gain more luck. Can we speculate and trade luck? No. Okay. Well, Can I? I'm in a short luck. So it's Joe. not really <laughs> Joe, 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 an economy. Joe. I think you're gonna get luck tonight. Okay. I bet you fifty luck you get luck tonight. <laughs> Be less, than, but like, yeah, I I bet you ten percent of that luck that you will get luck. I don't understand it. So like, why would he get, make that? Bet? Yeah, He's like, like yeah. I give you luck if I'm lucky. <laughs> yeah, and if you're not, then I give you a little bit of luck, and you get some anyway. Uh, let's think about this later. I have no idea where to start. So we're all sitting, we're literally standing there in a stunned silence. Mm-hmm. And then we would probably reiterate. So uh, what do you feel is like that all meant? That the world isn't as we know it? Probably got something to do with all the shit that we've seen recently. She was talking about saving humanity. Like that's some heavy shit. That's superhero shit. Isn't that why we became police officers? To save humanity? Why did you become a police officer, Keith? Well, it seemed easy, and so far it's been pretty easy. So the... They didn't trust me to be a doctor. The the thing that I've devoted my (laughs) life to, you got into because it was easy? Yeah. 
Yeah, pretty much. Oh, Keith. I mean, I graduated. Uh, well, in I wasn't the. I was in the class. Yeah, I was. I graduated at the in the class. I wasn't the top of my class, but well, that's something. Yeah, I graduated from the police academy. I also love the movie Police Academy. That's one reason because I was hoping that I'd work with somebody that could make cool noises. <laughs> what if you tried to bring that to the table yourself? Uh, no, I'm you not very be good. The cool I don't really guy. have any skills. Try a helicopter. <laughs> That's it, landing. <laughs> Just, keep, <laughs> Just keep working. <laughs> um, no. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's it's been super easy. Really oh yeah, the it. Delta. Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) The mysterious organization. So do you think we're dealing with some like X-Files type? I'd say exactly like X-Files. What's (laughs) X-Files? No, Clark would definitely know what X-Files is. (laughs) Like like a a fictionalized ancient aliens? Okay, so we uh, we have no information about what she just said, but I feel like it makes sense. She asked us to stop the incursion. Do you think the incursion could be that black oily goo? It seems like exactly that could be it. Yeah, that's that seems like the how do we stop it though? We get a dude. Mm. We should find out what this bag is made out of and make a big, big one and just put it over the town, over the town, <laughs> like a the dome. Well, uh, like the Simpsons movie. Me and John ran into this guy yesterday who was sucking it up in a vacuum, and it seemed to be working for a while there. And yeah, it it just worked like a, like a drive bag. <laughs> It yeah. kind of looked like a, just a. It was. Did it look like a Hoover? I think you described it like a wet vac, HVAC. It was a <laughs> like a yeah, like just a normal upright vacuum with a bag. Yeah, it just Ooh. looked like a normal upright vacuum with a bag. It also had a hose, like a wand. Should we put an alert out for all citizens to? Well, what about be at those? The ready? Gather their vacuums. <laughs> Didn't they mention something about a couple of kids missing? I think that was unrelated. Yeah, we were in the area. That. Yeah, that's. Oh, was that not kind no, of where you guys were? We'll probably have to investigate that when okay, we get yeah. finished with all this stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking yeah, of they probably investigating, I know that we just got a lot of weird shit thrown at us, but we were going to go check out the mill before you know the whole that, house that can explosion. Definitely be our, and, our next step. <clears throat> wait, weren't we all we going to split up a little and go bit more? To, we had three different places we were going to go to. Yeah, in the last, at the end. It was the mill. We talked about that. What was the other two places? The church. The church. The mill, the church, because the church the third, has a helmet. The third place was investigating the chief's father, but that's the mill. So. He worked at the mill, so. Okay. So we need to check out the helmet at the church and the mill and the chief's father. I feel like there was a third, a real third, third thing. Were there any property crimes we need to, to investigate? Like any break-ins, random home what about the trashings? Ho- well, no, the hospital burnt down, but there's well, some of the hospital burnt. Yeah, down. Yeah, the hospital burnt down. It's but we weren't thing. gonna do that. Hmm. Bring, bring, While you guys are talking, bring, you hear bring. Drew's phone start ringing, and he picks it up. Drew, Andrew, uh, uh, contingent police department, can you hold for a moment of silence for our chief? Oh, y- you have what? Okay, okay, yeah, I'll I'll send them right over. Uh, hey. Officers, Gary Daly has information about the chief's house blowing up. You guys would know that Gary Daly is the longtime partner of Harry Clinker, and he's also the owner-operator of the Daly Fu. <laughs> the Daily Fu? The Daily Fu? Is that a, like a Korean or a Vietnamese, Vietnamese news 
paper? Uh, no, it is a uh, is the Daily Fu spelled D A L Y, as in With his name, Gary Daly, and it is a Fu restaurant located in the northeast corner of downtown Contention. You'd know this place has been around for generations. Damn. Okay. Let's. Uh, I think we should not split up as long not as possible. Yet. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I still want you guys near. Yeah, I'm kind of a lone wolf, but I'll I'll stick with you guys for now. We're gonna head over to Gary, Gary's. Is okay, he, yeah, he at he's at he's at his place of business in Northeast downtown. Is where the Daily Fuss sits. When you guys walk in, there are lots of pictures hanging on the walls of the history of this restaurant, including one very large picture of four generations of Dailies: a young Gary Daly, his mother, grandmother, and great grandfather. They had all owned and operated this restaurant at one time or another. There are also a bunch of prints with black and white designs on them. One is a circle with a star inside of it. Inside that star is another star, and there are a couple triangles, curved lines, and tiny circles as well. Another is a tree branch with three twigs growing on one side and two twigs growing on the other. Another print is a black circle with six black dots surrounding it. Another is a wonky question mark with lines, one curved and one straight, jutting down from the question mark's dot. And behind the counter uh, comes walking an older man, uh, but he dresses very hip. He's wearing jeans cuffed halfway up his calves and a nice short sleeve button down with tiny cartoon bean sprouts printed all over it. He walks up to you and immediately says, Do you guys remember? You guys, hey, officers, hey, uh, do you guys remember when I would help watch you down at Clinkers when you were but wee little fellas? <laughs> sure, sure do. Absolutely. Yeah. Good to see you again. Thanks. Good to see you all. All right. Come on. Uh, come on back. Come on back here. And he. Uh, he starts walking back to a little office in the in the back of the Daily Foe. Real quick, the symbols on the wall were they like framed photos? How what, prints, what were they? right? They're prints. Okay. Yeah. So they like, were like like on paper, just yeah. They were just framed prints. Okay. Pretty artsy. Cool. We're back in the office at this point. I do want to have a room in my house someday where I've just got a bunch of fucking pictures of prints. prints. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, do you guys want to come see all my my framed prints? <laughs> nice. Okay, so we're in his office. His office. Yeah. And he sits down behind a small desk. Uh, I, <gasps> this is a tiny desk concert. <laughs> yes. He begins singing for you. Uh, <laughs> oh, that, what a beautiful lullaby, Gary. Just like, it's like he used to like sing to us. Hey, everybody, come on down. We're at the Daily Fall. You got to get your fall. And um, yeah, I remember those commercials. Yeah. <laughs> and didn't run too long. So, well, thanks for calling, Gary. There's a there. <laughs> Goodbye. In, in the office, there's one chair on the other side of the desk. So I don't know if somebody wants to sit down or if you guys are all standing. My feet hurt, so I'm going to sit down. I stay standing. Yeah, John stays standing. Okay. So he says, uh, so it's a, it's kind of an embarrassing story, but uh, I, I heard that old uh, Harold Dorsey was in town from the city and, you know, he's got a pretty popular blog these days and I wanted him to write a blog post about the Daily Fuss. So... Uh, I wasn't, I, don't, I wouldn't call it stalking, but I was kind of following him around town when I realized where he was. And, uh, 
Uh, I followed him over to the to the chief's house. Uh, didn't realize it was it was that house at the time, but uh, we saw. Uh, I I guess I was watching him watch uh, the. There's a the chief's car pulled up and. The chief and uh, James, you know James, and uh, another guy got out. No, of I'm sorry. The, I'm sorry, uh, James. James who? Oh, James. He's a mononym. You know, he's just James. He works at the mill. He's, he lives over in the suburbs. You guys don't know James? He's a cool guy. He was a cool guy, right? What do you What do you mean? We don't talk uh, about ongoing investigations. Yeah, just citizens. go ahead and finish your story, then we'll forget about it. Okay, well, uh, yeah, no, we saw the uh, that other guy. I didn't recognize him, but he had the chief and uh, and James at, at gunpoint, and he was walking him uh, into the house. I thought that was really scary, but then, you know, Dorsey, Dorsey left pretty quickly, and I kept following him because I, I wanted that blog written. And so he went to the police department, and then I guess he went and picked up Drew, and they, they went back to the chief's house. And so Drew was with him the second time. That's his name, right? The guy, your little fella who yeah, works you down get, there? You the, got it, Gary. Yep. Yeah, he's Drew. Cool. Yeah. Hey, hey Gary, uh, you said they were at gunpoint. How did Chief look? Did she did she look scared? Did she look uh, like she'd been hurt previously? I didn't really get a great view of it, honestly, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, she she didn't look herself. That's for sure. You know, she she wasn't she wasn't standing tall and proud like like Chief Cook would. You know, yeah, and, no. And her I, and James got walked in there, and you know, I was pretty scared, but I, I wanted to follow Dorsey and see where he went next. You know, so you said he followed him instead of calling in to the police. Well, he was going. Was I mean, he was going to the police. I guess I didn't know that at the time, but I was pretty flustered, you know. It was a crazy situation. Gary, I've known you for a long time, man. You know I love you, but you, sh- you had to have made that call, man. I'm sorry. You know, the past is the past though, and we got to move forward. <laughs> it just seems like maybe obviously you're not directly responsible for anyone's demise, but John Lee Pettymore has definitely seen it that way. I mean, he looks really sad when you question him on it, and he's like, I I know, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I certainly didn't expect the Chief's house to up and explode on us. That's certainly not what I expected to be the next course of action. But you saw a person held at gunpoint. That's not, you don't see that every day. That's, you gotta say something when you see something. I was scared. Can you, uh, can you give me a description of that other guy? Which one? The, the one that held him at gunpoint? I mean, he was just a guy, you know, he was wearing all black. I couldn't really get much on him. I didn't recognize him, but... Was he was he fat? Yeah, he was pretty fat. Wait, I have a question. Did we ever send... Uh, did we ever get any, like, of the dental record stuff figured out? Did we send that off? Or? That was, I think, our third thing. We were going to try and That's what I was go just to the dentist. Yeah, okay. And then, uh, you also, you mentioned Harold had a, uh, had a blog. Do you remember the name of that blog? Or the address for it? Uh, well... When you look up Harold Dorsey, you know, you, you'll find his blog. I think it's called... Uh, What's Behind Dorsey? Bam. That's it. <laughs> it's called w- What's Behind Dorsey.com. Dot blogspot.com. So is Dorsey spelled like his name or like Dor- Oh, it's spelled like C. his name, D-O-R-S-E-Y. God, that guy's super duper clever. I wish I could be like him. Yeah, he's, uh, he's he real smart. <laughs> he was. He's also a great writer. I mean, he worked in the city for a long time. Keith, Keith but Coolidge. So 
did you follow you followed him to the police station and then you followed them back to the house yeah and then what? Yeah. Well, they went there? in there, and I, I hung out for a little while, but then it got late, and I had to go help close, so I just left and uh, came back here. Could you guess how long you waited, how long they were in there? Oh, I only waited like 15 minutes. I wasn't, you know, I wanted, you know, him to write something, but I figured I could always, you know, catch him the next day, maybe, if he stayed in town. It was pretty late already at that point, so I figured he was going to stick around. About what time was that? I don't know. It was around 1 a.m. maybe. I don't know. Okay. No, it was later than that. Now, I can't remember, but they were having some trouble closing down here, and so it was It was around... Insert time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no joke. Uh, wait, what time did I get there? Like, 2? That's why he's having trouble placing it. Uh-huh. I think it was, like, around 2 o'clock, but I don't... Cause our, I was our stakeout was at 1 o'clock, I right? was there from 1.30 to 1.45 a.m. exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Gary. I timed myself in all my endeavors. So, they pulled up in Maggie's car, all, of, all three of them? Is yeah, I think so. <laughs> Who was driving? I think it was... I think it was the chief. And they were in her cruiser? Yeah, well, they were in her, uh, yeah, they were in her car, her police cruiser. Is that what you said? Yeah. Is there something, this is Joe asking you guys, is there a better question we can ask to get more information about the gunman? I don't know. I was trying to lead him with the fat, and I was going to keep going, but. All I remember was he was fat and dead. I mean, we we were assuming it's the guy at the table? Yeah, I don't. I just wondered if there was a way we could get even more. Because the guy at the table was the one eating Maggie's foot and his, was it his, it was his own foot that was cut off, right? You, you have no idea. I mean, mean, he was missing a foot. His foot was missing, her foot was missing. And there were two feet in the, yeah, so I figured. But we can't jump to any conclusions. (laughs) It's a good pun. Two people can't. uh, Did the, did the gunman have any, like, uh, Tattoos or scars? Oh yeah, he had a big scar. <laughs> his whole Co- covered up. His whole face. His whole face was missing. His whole face was across his up. forehead. It said Jerry. Jerry Pinkerton. <laughs> his whole face was scarred up. Was was it? Oh yeah, yeah. No, actually, he did. He had a pretty big scar over over one eye. How about that? That seems like a prominent feature that could help you. <laughs> Um, Keith is trying to remember super hard whether or not the guy at the table had a scar over his eye. You would remember that he was not overweight. He was not overweight. Oh, that's the one thing I thought I knew. I thought he was, yeah, a, I thought I thought he he was, was a, a big guy. guy. The one descriptor I think that was used hunched to describe over. the guy hunched over was he was unkempt. Fuck. Unkempt. Yeah, oh. but the, unkempt. So this guy was fat and had a scar on his eye. Yeah. Was he tall or short? He was kind of shortish. Okay, so short, overweight, had a scar on his which eye? The one on the my on my side. So the right? Sure. So how many people did you you saw? He saw him taking Maggie and who at gunpoint? James. Oh yeah. The mononym to James. So was He's a crazy fella. He was wearing all sorts of He was wearing one of those white over over what are they called? It's the stuff that you wear when you don't want stuff on your clothes. Overalls. Coveralls. Coveralls. James was wearing white coveralls. Yeah. Um. And then, so was Dorsey already in the house? I guess. I don't know. You were following him though. That's oh how you yeah, got no, there. they weren't in the house yet. No, when we saw those people, Dorsey was just watching as well. That's before he went to the police station. So Dorsey was not in the house before he went to the police station. Correct. 
does Clark know James? Uh, no. Can you tell me more about James? What what he look like? Oh, well, he had like crazy. His hair was going all over the place, and he was wearing those white coveralls. You seem to know a lot about him, though. Do you know if he and the chief were friends? I never saw them together. Uh, James, he moved to town not that long ago, and well, it was probably a couple years ago. But that's you know pretty new kid in town for around here in contention. How old of a guy is he? James? Yeah. Well, I don't know. He's middle aged or so, maybe a little younger. Very helpful, Gary. He's a little younger than middle aged. Thirty eight. Seems right. <laughs> Gary, not not to digress. What those prints you have? In your restaurant. Do those have any special meaning to you? Are you? I mean, I, yeah, they're fun. I mean, you know, I, I'm really into like magics and stuff, like left hand, right hand path stuff. So, magic stuff? Well, you know, just like fun, like occulty type stuff. I'm like pretty into that kind of thing. Well, I used to be I, more into it, but. How much do you know about all that? Well, I mean, I read a fair amount. I'm like really into that kind of stuff. It's really. I, I don't know. It's like, it's fun to think that maybe there's more to the world than there is, but do you, you know. believe it or is it just like a fantasy kind of thing? Well, I mean, it's just like being into sports or anything else, you know? It's like, oh, sports that's are fun. real. If we, if we had a bunch of questions hypothetically about occulty type stuff, you think you might know information that could shed some light on those things? Well, I've read quite a bit. I could probably point you in the right direction. Right on. Good to know. Good what, to do, know. what do those symbols mean? What do they symbolize? Which one? All, what all about the one them. with the the dark circle with the circle, the other do- dots around it? What's what that if, one? What if we go in order? All right. I mean, yeah, sure. Why not? The one with the circle with the other circles around it is... Uh, it's this old ancient sign for this weird uh, group that used to exist, maybe. I don't know. Have you ever... I forget. It's like... <laughs> This group that tries to like keep the keep the world together kind of thing. What's the what are they called? They're called the Circle of Knowledge. How many people are in it? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's probably not real. It's like the Illuminati. Okay. How about the one with the uh, tree branches? Oh, I don't know much about that one. That's just it's, it was on a bunch of old texts that I've seen b- around before, and I always liked it. I thought it was real pretty. Seen, seen around where? Oh, at different museums and different libraries and such. And in relation to any particular culture or across many cultures and times? Seems like probably the latter. And then uh, there's one that's like some stars and some swirls and some triangles. And Oh yeah, that one's just like a fun take on like the chaoticness of the universe. Has my voice changed during this conversation? It's, it's, it's uh, no more than usual. Yeah. <laughs> It's consistent enough. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm not like, whoa, man, who am I talking to? All right, cool. Yeah, no, as long as you know it's me, Gary. Wait, were there four? How about the weird question mark one? Oh, that one's about a land unknown. Do you know anything about it? Officer Vigna, why would you ask me such a silly question? I'm just goofing. You're funny. New boot goofing. A land unknown. Well, that's that's mysterious, Gary. So can you tell us more about the circle of knowledge? I mean, all I really know about it is like, maybe there's like one person in the middle and then maybe six people underneath that person and they hold the knowledge of the universe or something like that. I don't know. It seems cool though. It's a pretty sweet design. You seem, you seem a little casual 
about all these, but you've, you've taken the trouble to get these nice prints made and had them put up in your restaurant. Oh, yeah, I'm a fan. If we... Uh, so you, you put these up, though. They, they haven't been... How long have they been in the restaurant for? I put them up a 30 years ago. Okay. Was this a pho restaurant when your great-grandfather had it? Yeah, the Daily Pho. It's been called that since my great-grandfather started it. Do you know how he got around contentions extremely strict obscenity laws <laughs> yeah one consonant <laughs> uh, there you go all right okay gary well do you guys have anything else for him or uh you haven't seen james today at all have you no yeah, do you, where, where do you think we do you have james's number or any contact information for him i'm pretty sure he lives over in the suburbs but i do don't know you have an exact address or do you have a phone book perhaps uh yeah i've got a phone book all businesses have a phone book. That's what I figured. Throw that phone book over here. Let he me. He throws the book at you. I. It <laughs> hits. It hits me. Get it. <laughs> oh, haha. Ha. You're in jail like a, now. Like a you like did a it. police officer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, would do. Yeah. Oh, okay, I flip through the phone book. Oh shit! His name is James. How do I find this guy? It's a monogram. <laughs> just look for the only guy named Just James. Okay, I'm looking. I go to the J's and I start looking for Just James. When you go through the phone book, you do find a person last name James, comma Just. <laughs> Let me. I'm gonna ring him up. Oh, there's no phone number. There's just an address. Okay, I write the address down. That's the only. There's not any that are, is just the single well, there's, name there's James. Actually, three James mononyms. Yeah, so uh, let me go to M and look up mononym. <laughs> mononym James. <laughs> yeah. Is there any any luck with that? Roll luck. Is James, 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 and cool James. <laughs> That's a crit fail. Yeah, there's nothing there. <laughs> the phone book catches fire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. Uh, you see, he gets angry at you. He's like, get out of my restaurant. <laughs> so I have the address for just James. But we know he works at the mill, and we also have business And we got to go to the mill. You guys anyway. want to go to the mill? Yeah, I do. But Gary, you know that circle of knowledge thing? That's a cool idea. Do you know of any of anything around today that might still carry on that mission? Well, it's said that the circle of knowledge is all-inclusive and all-seeing and all abroad the shores of America and across the world itself. So, so yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, thanks. I would definitely, I mean, it seems like, I'm trying to think, nope, we're good. Appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> Do you guys no. want any fun? I was just about yeah, to say, I'm like kind of we just had hungry. We just had breakfast. I just watched Keith eat a big old mess of beans. Oh, I ate so many beans. I can back some noodles up to go with some broth. I've been thinking about calling him beans. Did he like beans as a baby? This one, no. He liked no. cut up hot dogs with okay, white bread. Good. Oh, good pull. <laughs> was that from earlier? That's yeah, all. that was yeah. like episode one. <laughs> That's all he ate. Ever. He was the pickiest eater I'd ever seen. Or maybe the least picky. Oh, 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 oh,